0: We are, we are continuing in a, 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 a study in a, in a series that just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, and we, we learned uh, several weeks ago that we, in order to live right, in order to be what God wants us to be, we got we to walk with Christ. Amen? It's not by trying your best to live by the rules. It's not by trying your best to follow the commandments because we're going to fail if we do that. But Jesus said, Abide in me, and I in you ye shall bear much fruit. Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So, with all that said, we learned that in order to be what we need to be, we have to walk with Jesus. Say amen. We have to have an intimate relationship with Jesus. And then we learned if we're going to have an intimate relationship with Jesus, then we have to communicate. Uh, relationship has to do with communication, uh, uh, trust and affection or intimacy there. So we had to, we, we said we had to communicate. Then we learned, we're going way back. Then we learned the chief, the chief mode of communication from God to us is his word is his word, the Bible. So if we're going to communicate with God and God's going to communicate with us, he primarily does it through the Bible. He does it through, uh, the word. Through prayer, Bible teaching, and preaching, and the Holy Spirit, but the primary way is through god 's word, so last week, I really hunkered down right there, and I really encourage you get in the word, get in the Word, get the Word in you, get in the word. How many of y'all remember that last week i was kinda, I was kind of aggressive with that whatnot get in the word you need to get you can 't neglect the word you can 't have a relationship with Jesus unless you get in the word well. I've been studying a book called Living by the Book and it's a it's a book I'd encourage anybody it's a great great book awesome book on how to study the Bible because I want to teach you how to study the Bible I want to teach you how to get stuff out of the Bible and read the Bible and the one thing he says in there he says don't tell a baby Christian get in the book and I thought uh uh-oh He says that's kind of like taking a person who hasn't never learned how to swim and going to the deep end, throwing them in and say, swim. I thought, "Uh uh-oh. So we're going to change that. We're going to change that. We're going to learn this together, amen? And and then another thing I learned, another thing I learned out of this book, he said, said, don't guilt people into reading their Bible. Uh Uh-oh don't guilt people into that. He says, when you guilt people into reading their Bible or doing what it takes all the joy out of it. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? How many of y'all been going to church long enough that you've been in services where you felt guilty when you left? And by the time the preacher got through or the evangelist got through, you did it because you felt guilty. Oh, horrible, man. I oh, goodness. And it just robs all the joy. So no more motivation by guilt. We're not going to motivate anybody by guilt. We want to do it by excitement and inspiration. I want you to do it. I want you to read it. I want you to love it because it's something's welling up, in, and we're going to get there. I know what you're thinking, preacher. I've been in church a long time, and I just can't seem to get stuff out of the book the Bible. How many of y'all would agree right there? Sometimes it's difficult, but that's going to change. That's going to change. We're going to do this together. Amen. In a minute, in a minute we're going we're to watch a, a little short video uh, of the Kimyal tribe in Indonesia. The Kimyal tribe, th- this is a video of them receiving the word of God for the very first time. Uh, receiving and basically, they have Matthew through Revelation. They don't even have the Old Testament yet because it's not translated yet. But they're, they're getting Matthew through Revelation now. They've had missionaries there. They've had teachers there who's been teaching them. But they didn't have it in their own language. And I want you to see how this tribe of people receive the Word of God. And the Word of God was brought to them. It's going to blow your mind. I'm telling you. I've watched it a hundred times, and, and and I get chill bumps every time. So. That's what I want to do today. If we're going to get something out of the Bible, we need to receive it right. Because how you receive the word will determine how you respond to the word. Are y'all with me? 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2, and verse number 13. It says, For this cause, Paul is speaking to the church in Thessalonica, and he's saying that we've been thanking God, we've been praying and thanking God without ceasing why why because when ye received the word of god which ye heard of us ye received it not as the word of men in other words you didn't think this was our ideas or our, our opinions or our theories but as it is in truth say it with me the word of the word of god which effectually worketh also In you that believe. Do you know why they responded right? Do you know why the the Bible effectually works in them? Because how they received it. How did you come this morning? How are you carrying that book in your hand? Are you receiving this as God's word? I'm talking about the voice of the one who spoke this world into existence, who said, let it be, and it was, and it was good, who who breathed breathed into the body that he created out of the dust of the ground, who who breathed into that body, and that body became animated and became a living soul. Are are you here today to receive a word from him? Because it would drastically change what you get from it and all God's people say now when this video starts playing it's it's got the words there it's got the caption there and I'm gonna read it I'm gonna read it it's a little irritating to those hearing but but I want those who can't read fast or or maybe not even can read at all I want you to know what they're saying because it's really that important so if it irritates you just live with it for a little bit amen uh I want us to get it amen let's pray Lord thank you for your word Thank you for the privilege it is for us to have it in our own language where we can understand it, where we can read it, and we can know it, and we can, uh, Lord, we can know about you and about your plans for, for humanity. God, I pray that your will be done. Move in this service. You already have. God, I've already felt your spirit, and it is so wonderful to go to church where you show up. And, God, I pray your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. In the past, turn me up. In the past, only part of God's word was here. Part of it was not. So when other people came to our church and taught us, if we had that portion in our language, we would read it and understand. But when they taught from a scripture we didn't have translated, our hearts would be heavy. But now, we're going to have it from Matthew to Revelation. Our hearts are no longer heavy. They are light. I don't. Here's the plane coming in. That 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 landing strip was was made by a former missionary that was martyred. They're preparing to receive the New Testament. See the welcome committee? That's the praise, man. And a wisdom. A committee of, of pastors who the missionaries have been working with. These are older men of God who are coming to receive, their the translated in their language for the first time. They're so emotional. We're getting ready to pray. Everybody close your eyes. Oh God. Oh God, the plan which you had from the beginning regarding your Kimyong, which already existed in your spirit. The month that you had said, the day that you had said has come to pass today. Oh my Father. Oh my Father. The promise that you gave Simeon that he would see Jesus Christ and hold him in his arms before he dies. I also have been waiting under that same promise, O God. You looked at all the different languages and chose which ones would be put into your word. You thought that we should see your word in our language. Today, the day you had chosen for this to be fulfilled has come to pass. Oh God, today you have placed your word into my hands, just like you said, you have placed it here in our land. And for this, oh God, I give you praise. Amen. The missionary said they just broke out into spontaneous weeping. This is one of the main translators. Today we've received our reward for that which we have Psalms 126 says, They that sow a tear shall reap with Today the fruit of the I carried over this word. And I'm all the people with me. They built an ark to carry the word of God back to their village. God is an amazing God. God. He's He's wonderful gift, His His word. Word. We we Bible, language. All of God's words are in our language. This year, is a very important year. It's a year of rejoicing, a year of exalting God's name. Before, it wasn't like this, but today, through God's Son, Jesus Christ, God has brought us His Word. Today, we are living in the light. you look at these older ladies, they will receive the Word of God. They will pass it on to their children and their grandchildren. I will pass it on to my children and it will keep them in the path of righteousness. And once we're gone, our children will pass it on to their children. I praise him because he is my God and my Father. Because he brought me the truth of his life. That light
1: is eternal. It will last forever until he
0: has overcome. Now they're taking taking the scriptures, the the, the New Testaments, back to their village. Celebrate it. They're singing, Jesus loves me. Revelation 5:13. to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. Can we give God praise and glory and honor? I... I have watched probably four or five different versions of that same video where the missionaries who did the translating were talking. We didn't have time to interview them too and put them up, uh, but they they would just sit there and weep, uh, and 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 the 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 joy that was in these these people because they received the word of God. And man, I'm sitting in my chair. I'm sitting in my uh, in my desk, and 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 I'm I'm just overwhelmed thinking. Wow i watched I watched several other videos one particular video was a an underground church in china a, a secret church if you will you know you cannot you can't have church like we have church in China you'll be arrested be killed and uh, 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 assassinated and and put to death all, all kind of things there and 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 these these Chinese believers they're they're sitting in this room and and it's like they're they're sitting in anticipation around a circle and 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 someone brings in this box and and sets it on the floor and opens the box and and it's like they just dive into the box and they're they're pulling at it and grabbing and it's like starving people that are are going after food for the uh, very first time And, and you know what I thought, that's exactly what it is starving for the word of god starving for the truth and, and and when they grab their bibles everybody gets a bible and they're standing there with tears dripping off their face and and they're holding god's word and, and they hold it to their chest and they would kiss it and caress it and hold it and and they begin to testify and thank god they have god's word finally i begin to read and study 25 percent of americans have more than five bibles in their household 25% have at least five Bibles. Most people have at least one. Uh, most most uh, motel rooms you go in will have one in the drawer. At most hospitals you go in, you can find the Bible. We're so saturated with the Bible that we no longer receive it as God's Word. It's secondhand. It's become another manual. It's become another book. It's just become almost like a secular item. And I want to change that. We cannot change it out there till we change it in here. And I want so bad, I want so bad to just just guilt you into doing it. I mean, I want to do whatever. Oh, let's just, let's, let's make us feel bad, man. Because I, when I watched that, I felt horrible. I felt, man, why? Why am I not that excited? Why? And, and boy, God began to stir in me. God began to stir in me. We can have that. I know you're thinking, well, they're, you know, they're a, 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 just a savage tribe that they, they don't understand. They don't. No, 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 no. Once we start understanding it, once we start getting God's word, once we start feeding on God's word, the more you, you take in, the, more, the bigger it gets to you. I've been so excited this week. I'm telling you, I've been so excited about, about sharing what God has given me this week, and I'm thinking, this is it. This is it. We've got to get back to God's word. And I know that sounds like, oh, I've heard that before. It's going to be different. It's going to be different. Today's message today is going to be three questions. I'm going to give you three questions. It's not going to rhyme. It's not going to start with the same letter. Uh, uh, For you people that just got to have that, get over it today. Say amen. Nothing's going to rhyme. It's not going to be alliterated. It's just going to be three questions, and we're going to answer them, okay? Okay. And I want to go to the very basic. In other words, I, in my mind, as I was studying and I was looking, I was putting this stuff together. And trust me, I had more, way more stuff than we had. And I, I've been over time every time today. And, and, and this is just a tip of the iceberg of what I want to give y'all and share with y'all. And, 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 and so this is in my thought process, this is the way I wanted to approach it. I want to approach you today like you don't even know what a Bible is. Like you've never seen a Bible before in your life, I'm coming to you like you are a foreign tribe in a foreign country, and I've got this book in my hand, and you're asking me, what's that book? And I'm telling you, this is a Bible. And the first question, the first point of today's message, if you're taking notes, here's the question. What is a Bible? What is a Bible? We carry it, we have it, we read it sometimes. We know we're supposed to to do something that's in it, when you go to church, you're supposed to have one with you. Uh, some people use the Bible as a good luck charm. I was I was watching a movie the other day, and 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 and, and a, a a real bad thing was about to happen. You know, like an apocalyptic deal, and and uh, and, and the guy comes running into the restaurant. And he says, "Where are you going?" He says, "I'm going to get my Bible. It's getting bad out here." like it's a supernatural uh, uh a good luck charm. You know, I better get my Bible. It's getting rough out here. Some people use the Bible as a good luck charm. Oh, I got to have it in the, but we don't we don't get it in us. There's a lot of people that get under the word, but they don't get in the word. They'll go across the country to get under the word. They want to get under teachers and they want to get under professors and they want to get under preachers and they'll go everywhere to this conference and that conference and this meeting and that meeting and this revival and that revival. And they're all about getting under the word, but they won't cross the living room to get in the word. And that's got to change. We've got to change that. We need to to get in the Bible, but how do we do that? What is the Bible? So we're going to start right at the bottom floor. We're going to start right at the, and some of y'all that's been saved a long time, and you're really spiritually mature. And by the way, uh, being saved a long time does not equal spiritually mature. And I'll show that in a minute. But for for some of y'all, some of this is going to be review, but you need it. That's right, preacher, say it again. We need it. Do you realize, do you realize Vince Lombardi every year, every year, when, when he would start the season out in, in preseason, when he would start the season out, he is speaking to veteran football players. I mean football players who have been playing since they was in diapers, and they know everything about there is't no. And you know what? he'll say? "This is a football. He will take them all the way back to the basics and say, "This is a football." We are the offense, you're to get it across that line. Defense, you're to keep them from getting across that line. This is a football. I, I heard a story. Uh, a friend of mine told me a story uh, about uh, 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 a, a great basketball, a college basketball coach who would have uh pros come to him to tutor them and, and, and help them. And, and and he would always take them back to the basics. Because that's what it really matters. So that's what we're gonna do. So no matter how long you've been saved, you need to hear this. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So what is a Bible? What is a Bible? What is that that you hold in your hand? It's a, if you're taking notes, write this down. A, it's a single unit. It's a single unit. What do you mean it's a single unit? I mean this. It is one volume, 66 books, 66 different books uh, that was written over the span of 1,600 years by over 40 authors in three different languages, and they perfectly unite and go together. Now think about this. 66 different books written over the span of 1600 years by over 40 different authors in three different languages and yet they never contradict each other. They perfectly complement each other. Every verse goes with every verse. The greatest commentary on the Bible is the Bible itself because it will always back itself up. Somebody say amen. That's the miracle of God's word. God was able to put something in print that is perfect, that's inerrant, that is inspired. Somebody say, "Amen." It is one single unit. It has one central theme. Has one central story. It is God's relationship with humanity. Amen. Sixteen hundred years. Try that. You anyway. Anyway, I don't want to waste time. Let's just be be. All right it's one single unit. Say that with me. It's one single unit. Uh, uh, B it's inspired by God. This book that you hold in your hand, that's why it's different than Newsweek. That's why it's different than time magazine. That's why you can't sit down and read it like you do the newspaper. You can't sit down. Are you with me? It is inspired by God. Now, what do we mean by that? Two verses, two verses. I want you to, I want you to see it says in, um, in, in 2 Timothy chapter number 3, verse 15, it says, or excuse me, 16, all Scripture, how much of it? All, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It means God breathed. Y'all with me? God breathed. Inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and instruction and in righteousness. We'll, we'll deal with all that later. 2 Peter 1.20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scriptures is of any private interpretation; for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. Watch this, but holy men of God spake as they were, as they were, moved by the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. God breathed. God breathed. Holy Spirit means air the breath of God. All right. God breathed, God moved. And it gives, the, this is the, this is the illustration. If we want to really put a picture is a sailboat. How many of y'all have ever seen a sailboat sailboat on a lake, sailboat on the ocean, the wind, the wind blows into the sails. And when the wind blows into the sails, the boat moves. So what happened? These riders are being breathed on by God, and as God breathes on them, their hands go to moving. Are y'all with me? And the whole time they're writing these letters, God is breathing on them and God is telling them what to say. God is telling them what to write. God is moving them to write every scripture in his word. And you know why? Because way back then, God knew what I would need to live right. God knew what I would need to be a good husband. God knew what I need to be a good father. God knew what I need to be a good preacher. God knew that I would need to know how to live and God need he knew I would need to know how to die. He knew I would need to know how to forgive. He knew I, knew I would need somebody say amen. amen. And as he did, he moved these men in the Bible. You have poetry in the Bible. You have advice and counsel in the Bible. You have romance. Say amen. You have poetry and history and all of these things. You have doctrine and you have all, I mean, a bunch of stuff. I want to, but I don't have time. Amen. I want to tell it all and we're going to get to it little by little, we're going to get to it and we're going to see how God's word unfolds and what it has for us. It's wonderful. It's inspired by God. Then see, listen, the Bible is a single unit. It has a single story. Listen, the Bible is inspired by God and and see it is, it is for our learning and our living. Now, some of you meat eaters, you're wanting me to go into the times and the translation, how we got this and how this got in there and how that wasn't put in. We'll get to all that. But right now, we need to, we need to stay around the milk bowl. Say amen. And I'll explain that in a minute. It is for our learning. The Bible has been given to us for our learning. Romans 15, 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our, our learning. That we, through patience and comfort of the... Scriptures might have hope. Wow. This is the Bible. This is the miraculous book This inerrant. It's inspired. It's God-breathed. And by the way, it's alive. The Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. What does that mean? Word quick doesn't mean fast. when we think the word quick, we think, well, he is quick. It's not what it means. It means quick. Have you ever gone uh, clipping your fingernails and got down into the, did you realize how alive you was at that moment? It means living. You got into some living tissue. This is alive. That's why it's still working. That's why it's not outdated. That's why it's still relevant. A lot of these turkeys are running around TV and, and and these new new preachers and they think they're real hip and all and they're saying we have to make it relevant no you don't it already is you don't have to make it relevant it's already relevant you just got to show them that it is amen and and too many I'm going to bust for this things over I'm telling you i'm I want you to see it works. It's alive. It worked in the 60s. It worked in the 70s. It worked in the 80s and the 90s. It's working right now. It's, it, the Bible says it endureth to all generations. You can never outgrow it. You can never outlive it. You can never know everything that's in it because it's alive. It's the word of God. It's the Bible. It's precious. Now, what does this have to do with our relationship with Jesus? That's the second question. Oh, okay, I get it. Read the Bible. I get it's important. You know, we feel obligated. No, 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 no. Why why is our relationship with the Bible so important and connected with our relationship with Jesus? Y'all with me? Why is our relationship with the Bible so connected with our relationship with Jesus? And please focus this way. Please focus this way. Don't let nothing distract you. Why is that so important? Why was Jesus so adamant about us being in the word? Watch what Jesus says. He says it over and over. John 8, 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Y'all with me? He says in John 14, Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my, my words. Watch what he says in John 15. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and shall be done unto you. Watch what he says in Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So we find verse after verse after verse after verse of Jesus telling us, commanding us, encouraging us, get the word in you. Read this word. Study this word. Meditate on this word. Get this word in you. Why? why what does that have to do the second question what does this have to do with my relationship with Jesus watch what happens Jesus is on the scene and he's arguing with the Pharisees not really arguing he's straightening them out they don't like him they they hate him because he stole all their thunder they were the religious authority before he showed up and he showed how hit how 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 much of in hypocrisy they were, they were hypocrites. So they did, they really didn't like him. And, and so here they are. And, and Jesus says, look, if you knew the scriptures, you wouldn't be mad at me. If you knew the scriptures, you would know who I am. Watch what he says. Watch what he said. John 5 35 search the script. And by the way, by the way, the scriptures are the old Testament. That's what they had at that time. They didn't have the New Testament. There was not Matthew through Revelation. All they had was the Old Testament prophets, the Old Testament scriptures, the, 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 the law, the, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, Moses. Are y'all with me? Uh, 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 this is what they had. And just what Jesus said, search them. Go in there and look at them. Search the scriptures. For in them, in the Old Testament, now Jesus is alive in the New Testament, all right? He is living. If you'll go back to the Old Testament, he says, you will, they will testify of me you will find me in the old Testament. Hey, it it gets even better. Jesus, he has, he has died on the cross. Jesus has died on the cross. He, he, they buried him three days. He got up now after the third day and after the resurrection, everybody hadn't got word yet. And two of his followers Two of his followers was on the road to Emmaus. They were leaving Jerusalem, going back to Emmaus, and they were discouraged. They were down. Man, their Messiah has been killed. He's been murdered. They destroyed him. It was good while it lasted. Doggone it. Now, we, he was, I thought he was the one. And so here they are down in the mully grubs, and they're going back home, and Jesus shows up. Aren't you glad that somewhere in the shadow you'll find Jesus? When you're down and discouraged and when you don't know what to do, he'll always show up right on time. And he comes walking beside them and saying, what's up? And they say, what do you mean? He says, what's wrong? Why are y'all all all down and depressed? They said, where have you been? Where Were you living under a rock? I mean, what, they, they've killed Jesus, didn't you know? Didn't you hear? They killed the water walker. They killed, listen, the miracle maker. They killed the one who calmed the storm. They killed the one who provided for everybody. They killed him. Where have you been? And Jesus said, is that right? Is that right? And he was like, duh. Read it. I'm, I'm, it's It's there. Then this happens. Jesus says, well, let me, let me, let me share something with you. In verse, <laughs> woo, in verse 27, Luke 24, 27, and beginning at Moses, talking about uh, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, uh, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Now, they don't know him yet. They haven't recognized him. They haven't realized that this is Jesus walking with them. And Jesus goes all the way to Genesis. And let me tell you about the seed of the woman. And he begins to take them through the scriptures and, and show where Jesus is going to come, where Jesus is going to die, where Jesus is going to get back up, where Jesus is truly and Messiah. And I'm talking about he's walking with them and he is putting a pep in their step. And at the end of it, They said this, did our hearts not burn within us as he spoke to us the scriptures, as he shared with us about himself in the Old Testament, didn't our hearts burn with us? And he revealed himself unto them, and he went about his way, and it changed their life. What did he do? He showed Jesus in the whole Bible. Why is this important? Why do we need to know the scripture? Because everywhere you cut it, you'll find Jesus. How many, of y'all, how many of y'all have ever had one of those, uh, 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 those uh, uh, Viewmaster things, those, those uh, 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 little red deals with the little disc in it? How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? You look at it and, amen. Put a little disc in it, and it, and it changes. You look through two different eyepieces. You look through two different eyepieces, and you see one picture. Guess what? This Bible is the same way. You can look through the Old Testament, and you can look through the New Testament, and you'll see one picture, and that's Jesus Christ. He's everywhere in the Bible. He's all through the Old Testament. Do y'all believe me? Say amen. Amen. Do you believe me? Say amen. amen. If you don't, watch this. In Genesis, he was the seed of the woman. In Exodus, he was the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he was the high priest. In Numbers, he was the pillar of cloud by day and the fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he was the city of refuge. In Joshua, he was the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he's the judge and the lawgiver. In Ruth, he's the kinsman, redeemer, our Boaz. In 1 and 2 Samuel, he's the prophet of the Lord. In Kings and Chronicles, he's the reigning king. In Ezra, he's the faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of the broken down walls. In Esther, he's our Mordecai. In Job, Job, he's the day spring from on high in Psalms. He's the Lord, our shepherd, amen. Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, he's the wisdom of God in Song of Solomon. He's the lover and the bridegroom in Isaiah. He's Emmanuel, God with us. Jeremiah and Lamentation, he's the weeping prophet in Ezekiel. He's the wheel in the middle of the wheel in Daniel. He is listen. Uh-oh, uh-oh, When they threw, when they threw the three Hebrew children in the fire, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? When they threw him in the fire, that king, I just had to stop with this because I got to tell you, when that king said, who is that God that will deliver you out of my hand? They said, nevertheless, we still ain't going to bow. And they threw him in. And they said, how many did we throw in? Well, we threw in three, old king. He said, well, we got a problem because I see four of them, and they're walking around. Yes, you say. You say, what happened? Jesus done showed up again. Listen, Jesus is the fourth man in the fire. In Hosea, he's the faithful groom. In Joel, he baptizes with fire and the Holy Spirit. In Amos, he's the burden bearer. In Obadiah, he's the mighty Savior. In Jonah, he's the forgiving God. In Micah, he's the messenger with beautiful feet. In Nahum, he's the avenger of God's elect. In Habakkuk, he's the great evangelist crying for revival. In Zephaniah, he's the restorer of God's lost heritage. In Haggai, he's the cleansing fountain. In Zechariah, he's the pure son. In Malachi, he's the son of righteousness rising with healing in his wings. In Matthew, he's the king. In Mark, he's the servant. In Luke, he's the son of man. In John, he's the son of God. In Acts, he's the ascended Lord. In Romans, he's the justifier. In Corinthians, he's the gifts of the spirit. In Galatians, he's the one who sets us free. In Ephesians, he's the Christ of riches. In Philippians, he's the, I like this one, the God who meets our every need. In Colossians, he's the fullness of the Godhead. In Thessalonians, he's the soon-coming king. In Timothy, he's the mediator between God and man. In Titus, he's the blessed hope. In Philemon, he's the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. In Hebrews, he's the author and the finisher of our faith. In James, he's the great physician. In Peter, he's the chief shepherd. In 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, he's the everlasting love. In Jude, he's the only wise God, our Savior. In Revelation, he's the king of kings, the Lord of lords, Alpha and Omega the beginning and the end, the line of the tribe of Judah, the word of God, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and the bride and morning star. Everywhere he's there. He's like, he's like them old ragu commercials. It's in there. You open it up. There he is. You open it up, there he is. You open it up, there he is. Everywhere you open that Bible, you'll see Jesus. Do you realize every story in the Old Testament points you to Jesus? Do you realize the story of Joseph points you to Jesus? Joseph was the greatest type of Christ in all of the Bible. He was hated by his brethren. He was sold for silver. He took a Gentile bride. He rose to a prominence on the throne. He came out of a pit and ended in a palace and saved the world. Somebody say man. Abel is a type of Jesus. Abraham is a type of Jesus. Jonah is a type of Jesus. Isaac, how about Isaac? Isaac going up that mountain to be sacrificed by his father, carrying that wood on his back, was a type of Jesus going up Calvary, carrying the wooden cross of Calvary on his back. I'm telling you, anywhere you cut it, you'll see Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to need a nap after a while. (laughs) Amen. I can't help it. I'm telling you. I'm so excited because I want you to know him. And everywhere you read in that Bible, you're going to see him. You're going to see him. You'll see him in the temple. You'll see him in the, in the rock that the water came from. He's the living water. He's in the manna that came down from heaven. Oh, he's, he's Joshua. Moses is a type of the law. The law can, listen, it can get you out of Egypt, but it can't get you in the promised land. It took Joshua to cross the Jordan River. It took Jesus. The law could bring you to Jesus, but it couldn't get you. Are y'all with me? Oh, what do you mean? What do you mean what does this Bible have to do with our relationship? It means everything. It means everything. Number three. This is where we're at. This is where we're at. Peter and Paul both Describe the word of God as milk and meat. Milk and meat. Peter said, as, as, as babes desire the sincere milk of the word. Now, milk is for babies. That milk you got in your refrigerator is for baby cows. Y'all with me? Milk was designed by God to, to bring nourishment and development in little bitty babies. When I, I, some, someone brought a, a little bitty baby, it's a week old. It's like this big. I'm not about this big, little old bitty, just a little. I mean, just everything ain't developed right. Everything's not, and it can't handle anything but milk. And if you tried to if you tried to give that little bitty week old baby a, a piece of steak, you would destroy that baby because it can't handle it and you know what we have all across America I've been guilty of this is we've been we've been guilty of of trying to serve steak to babies and 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 milk wasn't listen milk is designed for development and for babies but 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 strong meat ribeye two inch thick I need a witness just throw that bait anyway. Come on. <laughs> I'm receiving a vision of what I shall have today. I don't. Uh, he says there's milk and then there's meat, and when he starts talking about the meat, he's kind of getting on to some folks. He's kind of getting on to them because he, uh, he says he says in, in Hebrew, Hebrews and also I believe in uh, in Corinthians. This is what he says. He says, brethren, this is Paul speaking. I could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with Because you're not able to hear it. You're not able to digest it. Neither now are you able. Now watch what he tells the Hebrews. Watch what he tells the Hebrews. He said, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. In other words, I got a lot of stuff I want to tell you, but you can't handle it. You will not be able to get it. For when for the time, in other words, you've been saved long enough, for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which should be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of and not of. Ooh. For everyone, watch this, Everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he is a, he's just a baby. And it don't matter how long you've been saved. You get that? You could be saved 20 years and still be a spiritual baby. Oh, I don't believe that's possible. If you've been to church as much as I have and to many churches I have, you would believe it. Because I am seeing spiritual babies all over this country. What do babies do? They're selfish. Babies want what they want. They don't care if it's four o'clock in the morning. They don't care if you got to work the next day. They don't care if you done fed them one time. That should be enough. They don't care. They want what they want. Say amen. They don't know no better. Babies don't, babies don't, listen, they'll mess their diaper. They'll do all kinds of crazy stuff. And we don't, we don't whip them or chew them out. We change the diaper and we give them milk, but you can't stay a baby. When you've been saved long enough, God wants you to move from milk to, watch what he says, strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age or fully mature. Even those who by reason of, there's the key, there's the key, even by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Preacher, what am I saying? I'm saying this, it doesn't matter how much of the word you know, it's how much of the word you use. What you use in the word determines your spiritual growth. Now, here's where we're at. Here's the third question. i got to hurry. I'm I'm six minutes over time. Good gracious. We're going to have to pay uh, uh, and take them to Disney World, all the nursery workers today. Amen? Because I've been ridiculous over time today. But here's the deal. Here's the third question. We'll pray. Here, here, Here it is. Where are you? Where are you? Are you sipping on milk? Are you chewing on meat? And I'd be willing to bet you're not where you think you are. Go study those who love the word. Watch this. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing, nothing shall offend them. Are you offended? It may be you're a milk sipper. You get angry easy. Spiritually mature people don't get angry easy. Is it all right? You just answer that question for yourself. Am I on milk or am I on meat? If you're not regularly in the Word of God, I got news for you. You're on milk. If the only spiritual nourishment you get is when you come to church and you never open your Bible, but when you come to church, you're on milk. But we can't stay that way. I, I want to move you from milk to meat. And don't get wigged out if you're on milk. I get it. I, I, I've started in the Bible and got so discouraged and quit. Can't get it. I can't understand it and just get frustrated and want to quit. If that's you, that's fine. Don't, don't sweat that a bit. We're, we're going to act like we're all on milk. And you that are on meat, you're going to be patient. Because if you get impatient, then you ain't on meat like you think you are we got to be patient. We're going to learn together. We're going to learn how to read together. We're going to learn how to understand this Bible together. We're going we're to we're go from milk to meat, and we're going to grow. Why? What's the big deal, preacher? We're coming to church. What else do you want? Let me tell you. I don't know if you know this or not, but turn on the news. This world is about to blow up. Everything that's going on. Everything that's going on in our country, in the countries abroad, I'm telling you, this chaos is coming to America. And if we are still spiritual babies, we're in a mess. Spiritual babies cannot handle crisis. Immature people cannot handle a crisis. It's going to take spiritually mature men and women of God to make it through the times that are coming. And I'm going to do everything I can to move you from milk to meat. How many of y'all are going to come and join the journey? Will you join the journey? Can we give God praise and glory? Can we give him praise? Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, help us tonight. Help us, help us, help us, help us. God, as we begin this journey, as we start this trip with you, Father, I pray that your will be done. Move in an awesome way. And God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to stretch our legs. We're going to sing a, a verse of invitation. We've got people at this altar with Bibles in their hands. They'd be glad to take a Bible and show you how to be saved. If you need to come to join, come on and join. If you just need prayers of encouragement, you come. We're gonna sing, we're not gonna drag it out. We're gonna sing a verse of invitation. If you need to come, come with us. Sing with us. I'm forgiven. You know it? Because you were forsaken.